Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank God, thank God, thank God that he is, he is alive. John chapter 20, John chapter 20, uh, verses 24 through 29. Amen. Hallelujah. I think it is more than significant that this pandemic is transpiring during Holy Week and actually here on Resurrection Sunday, the day that we recognize not just the event, but the person and the experience. Amen. Uh, you know, I was, I was contemplating as the worship team was doing a wonderful job leading us in, in praise and worship, how the resurrection is not about a day, it's not about certain songs, amen. But Jesus said himself that I am the resurrection and the life, amen. So we know that the resurrection is a person, but then Paul said that he wanted to, he wanted to know or to experience in reality and truth Jesus is a resurrection from the dead. And so it's not something that we merely read about, amen. It's a person, praise the Lord, in which we can know and it is an experience that we as believers can have. Somebody ought to be excited about that today. Hallelujah. Because he lives, you can live. Because he got up, there's nothing that can hold you down. Amen, amen, amen. John chapter 20, verse 24. The Bible says, now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve was not with them. And we're going to see why that's significant here in a moment. When Jesus came, the other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Thomas's issue was not doubt. I know we call him doubting Thomas, but his issue was really unbelief. Say amen. And verse 26 says, and after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut. Hallelujah. He didn't need doors. Say amen. He had a resurrection body. Amen, somebody. And even though they had locked the outside world, amen, away, they couldn't keep Jesus out. He didn't use the door. I don't know how he got in, praise God. But that's resurrection power. Bible says he came and he stood in the midst and said peace to you then he said to Thomas now now notice this he goes directly in on Thomas the one who was saddled with unbelief and says reach your finger here come on everything that Thomas said he needed to have evidence and proof the Lord walks in as the word of knowledge amen and says, look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be, this is how we know he wasn't doubting, but he was unbelieving. He says, do not be unbelieving, but believing. Amen. In other words, stop being one who is characterized by battles of unbelief, but be one that is consistently believing. You you be one, I know this is not proper English, be believing. Keep right on believing. 
That's what he was saying. But believe it. And Thomas answered and said to him, amen, my Lord and my God. He finally got it. My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, look at this, because you have seen me, because you had proof, because I, I am a part of your purview, it, I'm in the realm of your, your physical vision and sight. He says, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I'm going to talk to you this resurrection Sunday morning from the thought. I didn't see it, but I believe it. Say amen, somebody. Hallelujah. Well, why don't you post that on, on Facebook? I didn't see it, but I believe it. I, I didn't see it. Matter of fact, tell the people in your house, I didn't see it, but I believe it. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. From this, the gospel of John, the one, amen, who was concerned that the people of God not merely believe uh, one time, but that they would continue to believe, that they would go on believing, that even this believing would be significant to our ultimate salvation. And so we find ourselves here in John chapter 20, praise the Lord, and, uh, and just looking at this entire passage, at least up to our uh, portion of scriptures for today, we see in verses 1 through 10 that Mary Magdalene, Peter, and John, they found an empty tomb. Amen. Uh, Mary, the one who uh, the Bible tells us that, that was concerned to sit at Jesus' feet. She chose the, the better part, the good part, that which could not be taken away from her. That same Mary who also was the one who had anointed Jesus with oil, praise the Lord, and washed her feet with the tears flowing from her eyes, and washed his feet rather with the tears flowing from her eyes and using her hair. Uh, she, was, she had made her way to the tomb early and, and along with Peter and John and they ended up getting there and did not find Jesus. They found an empty tomb. They, uh, one preacher said, praise the Lord, Jesus not only left the tomb, but he made his bed. That's in verse 7. Praise God. He folded up the, the napkin that was around his head and he left it there along with his grave clothes. And in verses 11 through 18, uh, Mary Magdalene, she uh, encountered both angels and the risen Lord Jesus. She, she was weeping when he found her, amen, uh, for loss of her, her Savior and her Lord. And the scripture says in verse 15 that Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, sir, if uh, you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him. Jesus said to her, verse 16, Mary, hallelujah. There's some benefit to having sat at uh, your master's feet. The scripture says that his sheep hear his voice. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Amen. Well, she said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. Amen. And, and so she encountered not only angels, they were the first ones that she met, but she has this encounter with Jesus. Praise the Lord. And then she runs off and shares the good news. In verses uh, uh, 14 down through 18, he, she went and she told the disciples what she had seen. In verses 19 through 20, Jesus appears to at least 10 of the disciples. Now, we know by this time Judas is dead and we just read that Thomas was not present. So there are at, at, at least 
uh, 10 of them that are there of the 12. But we also know, according to Luke's writings, that there were other disciples who were present at this time. And he showed them the marks of his crucifixion. Uh, it is here that the apostles are commissioned for the work of the Lord. And we, we've got to stop and, and, and look at verses 21 and 22. The scripture says there in John 20, 21 and 22. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you as the father has sent me. He's sending them. He is commissioning them as apostles. He says, I also send you. This had been his prayer in John chapter 17. But in verse 22, he says something that I believe has great importance for the time that we're in. And he says, it says, and when he had said this, he breathed on them. This is the same breathe that you find in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 and in, in Ezekiel's writing as well. And said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you ever wonder when the disciples got saved, this is when they got born again right here. They were regenerated right here in this particular text because we know in order for a person to be saved according to New Testament times, we must repent to God, we must believe in Jesus Christ, we must be baptized in water, and we must receive the Holy Ghost. Amen? Those are the ones that, the, that are being saved that the scripture says are being added to the church. We know in Acts 1 and 8 the Lord told them that they would receive the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They would be instructed in Luke 24 to go to Jerusalem and tarry until they be filled with power from on high. But this was not that feeling. This was so that they could be regenerated. Amen. And that's significant because I believe that one of the things that God is doing in this hour is breathing life into the church. He is releasing the Holy Spirit. That's been our prayer for your homes that while you are at home that the Holy Spirit will invade your house. That he would fill every believing believer again or for the first time to the praise and the glory of our God. And so, so Jesus commissions them for the work. And then in verses 24 and 25, Thomas was not present when the other disciples saw Jesus. And so he expresses unbelief. He says it's going to take more than just your testimony, more than just your words, more than just your report. And Jesus showed up. Come on, say Jesus showed up. In verse 26, the Bible says that Jesus appeared again and he's making one of his many appearances, his post-resurrection appearances and, and then in verse 27, because he knows all things, as I said before, Jesus spoke directly to Thomas's unbelief. See, I'm convinced that when the Lord is trying to get at you, he won't miss. It's probably the devil that's guessing and assuming and trying to find you. But but when the Lord wants you, he knows exactly where you are. He knows, he knows how to find you where you are so he can deliver you to where it is he desires for you to be. Amen. And then in verse 28 and 29, Thomas's amazement is a perfect segue into Christ. Now, this is important for us that are alive today, pronouncing blessing on those who believe and do not see. See, we didn't see it, but we believe it. Well, maybe I need to talk about myself. I don't know your testimony. I didn't see it, but I believe it. Amen. 
Now, now the resurrection matters as we're moving forward. The resurrection matters simply because one of the most essential elements of the Christian faith is the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The resurrection is the biblical fact and truth that Jesus Christ did arise bodily from the dead. It was three days after his crucifixion, just like he said it would happen. Amen. He released his word and his word didn't return to him void. For three days after his death, glory be to God, he had arisen from the grave. Now, we must settle for ourselves why it is that faith in Jesus's resurrection is essential to us. I submit to you that if Jesus did not rise from the dead, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses uh, 14 and 17, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, Paul says that our faith is empty, our faith is futile. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 17, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we are still in our sins. Amen. And then in verse 18 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, those who died in Christ have perished. Let me read that verse to you. 1 Corinthians 15, 18 says, then also those who have fallen asleep, meaning those who, who died in Christ, they are perished if he didn't rise from the dead. And then in 1 Corinthians 15 and 19, praise the Lord, uh, Paul says that if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, that we are all, all men the most pitiable. Amen. It, and so it is a truth. It is a reality. It is a fact that Jesus rose from the dead because if he did not rise from the dead, we might as well go home. We might as well pack it all in and find us something else to do. Let the church say amen. So, so, so as we go forward, why, uh, having not seen it, do we choose to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Well, I, I want to give you six reasons this morning. First of all, Jesus himself spoke often of his coming resurrection. This is one of the reasons that we believe it. Secondly, there was an empty tomb. We'll look at all these, amen, a little bit more closely in a moment. But there was an empty tomb. Praise God. Uh, Buddha is still in his tomb. Uh, Allah and uh, Hare Krishna and all those other folk, they're still in their tomb. Praise the Lord. But Jesus' tomb is empty. He only borrowed it because he was just going to use it for the weekend. Say amen. He didn't even he didn't uh, bother to purchase his own because he knew he wasn't going to use it long. And then number three, the testimony of, of, of Apostle Paul is one of the reasons that we believe in Jesus' resurrection from the dead. And then the explosive growth of the New Testament church. They believe so that Jesus rose from the dead. They begin to proclaim it in a very bold way and it caused the church to explode. Amen. I mean, they multiplied numerically. Then there is the conversion of the Apostle Paul. And then lastly, my own personal conversion. And hopefully yours too. So let's look at the first of these. Amen. First of all, we believe that Jesus himself said it. He said it himself. He spoke often of his coming resurrection. There's a, a, a litany of scriptures there. Uh, but let's look at Math Matthew chapter 16 and verse 21. In each of these verses, amen, Jesus was to suffer, to die, and then to be raised from the dead. Amen. Matthew chapter 16. Let's look at verse 21. 
The scripture says from that time, Jesus began to show the disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. Look at this and be raised the third day. He says the same thing in Mark 8 and 31. And then in Luke chapter 9, verse 22, Jesus said it over and over that I'm going to suffer, I'm going to die, but I'm going to be resurrected from the dead. He was forth foretelling of his death and resurrection long before it happened. Look at Matthew chapter 17 and verse 22. Hallelujah. He, 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 he didn't uh, uh, talk about corona after it happened. I can't get no help here. Amen. He talked about it prophetically before it happened. He was foretelling it. Matthew 17, 22. Now, while they were staying in Galilee, Jesus said to them, the son of man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. Verse 23. And they will kill him. Look at this. And the third day he will be raised up. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. See, they were unbelieving even even then when he was telling them, amen, uh, he, he was foretelling of his death. He talked about it. Let's look at uh, verse, let's look at uh, John chapter 2 and verse 19. John chapter 2 and verse 19. He used uh, some figurative language and he talked about the temple being destroyed, but he was actually speaking of his, his own body. John chapter 2 and verse 19. Amen. Look at what he says there. He said, Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Amen. And verse 21, it says, but he was speaking of the temple of his body. Hallelujah. Now look at Mark chapter 14, verse 58, because the false witnesses recounted his own words against him. Say amen. Mark 14. And, and uh, look at verse, verse 58, Mark, hallelujah, chapter 14. And let's look at verse, verse 58, amen. Look at what he says. The false witnesses, they even testify uh, that of Jesus' words, amen. Look, look at this. It says there, uh, we heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with hands. Now, 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 now these are the haters. These are the, the false witnesses. These are... These are the ones that they're going to call into the courtroom, come on, to try to disprove what he said. But they said, we heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with hands. And within three days, I will build another made without hands. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. And, and there was also Jesus is talking about uh, uh, Jonah. He spoke prophetically how what happened with Jonah was symbolic of his death and resurrection. Look at Matthew chapter 12. Look at verse 39. See, he was consistently talking about him dying because he knew this was a part of his coming, but he knew that he wouldn't stay dead, that God would raise him from the dead by the power of the Holy Ghost. So he went ahead and put it on out there. Hallelujah. Matthew 12, verse 39. Look at what he says here. He says, but he answered and said to them, an evil and adulterous generation. These were, were the scribes and the Pharisees. They came asking to see a sign in verse 38. He says, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the son of man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. 
Amen. So he was using even this to be a symbol, praise the Lord, of his death and his resurrection. Turn over to Matthew 27 and verse 63. Matthew 27 and verse 63. Look at what he says over there. Matthew 27, verse 63, saying, Sir, we remember why he was still alive. Amen. <laughs> These are the chief priests and the Pharisees. They're talking to Pilate. While he was still alive, how that deceiver said, after three days, I will rise. Now, if they didn't believe he had the power to, to get up from the grave, why did they go to Pilate and say, look, we need to go to the tomb and we need to make sure this fella is secured in the tomb, command some soldiers. We don't want nobody to steal his body. Quote, unquote, wink, wink. We don't want nobody to steal his body and, and, and run around town saying that he is alive. Amen. So not only that, praise the Lord, there is uh, the empty tomb. Not only did Jesus said it as we keep moving forward, but there is the empty tomb. Look at Luke 24 and verse 3. This is another reason why I believe it. Luke 24 and verse 3 says, then they went in, amen, and did not find uh -huh, the body of the Lord Jesus. Where did they go? Verse two tells us verse one and two says they came to the tomb, but they found the tomb, found the stone rolled from away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. See, this was more evidence. The tomb confirmed it. It was confirmed in uh, Matthew. Look at Matthew 28, verse five and six. God sends a, an, a, a messenger. He sends an angel. Angel, the Bible says, but the angel answered, speaking to Mary Magdalene and said to the women that were with her, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. He's not here. Let, you want to know why he's not here? For he is risen. As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. See for yourself. Because I know y'all going to run off and tell it. So I need you to see it. For yourself. Look at verse 9. And they went, and as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them. It wasn't enough that they found an empty tomb, but on their way to tell it, they ran face to face to Jesus. And he said, Rejoice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So they came and held him by his feet and worshiped him. Isn't that powerful? Man, not only did they find the tomb, they was able to grab a hold of him for a little while and worship at his, at his feet. And then in, in Matthew uh, 28, and look at verse 13, the scripture says, amen, uh, that they were they saying, tell them his disciples came at night and stole away, <laughs> stole him away while we slept. Another lie, yes. right? But his enemies confirmed it. Yes, because why would you make up that lie to cover up the fact that he was not in the tomb, except he was not in the tomb. Amen, amen. The third reason, the third reason, praise the Lord, we believe it, is, is the almost immediate transformation of the disciples. Now, now we won't look at all these scriptures. I just want to say these, two, these things to you. The scriptures tell us that when Jesus was crucified, the disciples left him and they fled. Not only that, Peter denied him three times. I mean, Peter even went back and started cursing. 
trying to, to, to divorce himself from being a part of Jesus' discipleship group. Amen. And, 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 and so, and then uh, look at Luke chapter 24 and verse 21. Those who were once helpless and hopeless and fearful, I want you to see this. Look at, look at them in Luke 24 and look at verse 21. But we were hoping, which means they lost their hope, that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, beside all of this, today is the third day. Now, we heard him say he was going to show up on the third day, but this was the third day since these things happened. Go to John 20 and 19. Amen. Our text, and you'll see. Look at where they were. Now, look at 20 and verse 19. They were in the house, but they weren't, they weren't just in the house because uh, they was on quarantine. They, was in, they were in the house because they were afraid. Look at John 20, verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled. Why? For fear of the Jews. See, they were hiding out. They figured if they would kill Jesus, it's only going to be a matter of time before they figure out that we was running with Jesus and they're going to come and get us. So they're helpless and they're hopeless and they're fearful after the crucifixion. But then they are transformed into bold and confident witnesses of the resurrection. Go to Acts chapter 2. Amen. Verse 24. See, when we, when, when, we don't have to see it to believe it, but when we, when we believe it, it'll change us. It will transform us. It'll make those who are afraid, amen, those who are cowardly, be bold. Acts 2, look at verse, verse 24. Amen. Look at what, what it says. Now, this is Peter. Y'all know Peter who was denying him three times, right? Peter says, whom God raised up and having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Peter who was cursing folk out. Peter who was warming his hands at the enemy's fire is now standing up right in the face of those who have, have firsthand involvement in crucifying Jesus and talking as bold as anybody could talk. Hallelujah. Amen. Look, look at verse 31. Look at what he says. He foreseeing this. This is Peter still talking. He's talking about David. Spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ that his soul was not left in Hades nor did his flesh see corruption. Verse 36, Acts 2, verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Is that the scripture? Yes, Turn over to uh, Acts 3 and verse 15. He says here, and look at verse 14. But you denied the Holy One and the, and the just, and ask for a murderer to be granted to you. See, that's boldness talking. That's somebody who has seen God raise Jesus from. You don't talk about that if you talk like that if you don't haven't seen anything. He saw it and he believed it and it, it, it emboldened him. He says, and, and, and you killed the prince of life whom God raised from the dead of which we are witnesses. See, I believe that's what's going to make the church effective again, that God give us a revelation of Jesus Christ that will embolden us because, listen, we, wouldn't have, we would not have seen what they saw, but we would have heard what they saw and their witness is good enough for us because faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of the Lord. Amen. 
Look at chapter 4 and verse 2, Acts 4 and verse 2. Being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Do you not know how many folk were quickened by this word? People who had given up on life, people who had given up on all kinds of things. When they heard the good news about Jesus being raised from the dead, the government said, we got to shut that down. Amen. They were transformed into bold, confident witnesses. They had been skeptical, but now they preach the gospel in boldness. Now, the reality of the risen Christ caused them to go forth boldly and openly proclaiming the good news in Jerusalem and Judea. And the Bible says, and even to the ends of the world. But then fourthly, there was the testimony of the Apostle Paul and several others. Go to First Corinthians. This is why we believe it. First Corinthians chapter 15 and look at verse six. Amen. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 15, look at verse six. And after that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remain to the present. In other words, they were still alive even though some of them had fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by the apostles. Then last of all, Paul says, he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time. This is Paul, his testimony. There were 10 distinct appearances recorded in scripture of Christ between the resurrection and between his uh, ascension. Let's move forward. Mary Magdalene, she saw him at the tomb. Amen. The women, they saw him on the road. The disciples, they saw him on the road of Emmaus and he took them through the prophets and the law, the prophets and the psalm. And the Bible says that he awakened the word for them. He opened the scriptures. He opened their eyes. He opened their hearts. And then they realized that they had been walking with Jesus. And they declared, did not our hearts burn as he, as he uh, unfolded the scriptures for us? He, he, he was seen by Peter. He was seen by 10 of the 11 disciples because Thomas was absent. He was then seen by 10 of the 11 disciples, I mean 11 of them, with Thomas present eight days later to seven disciples by the seashore of the Sea of Galilee in John chapter 21 when he was restoring Peter. Jesus was over there cooking some fish, y'all. Oh, my God. A resurrected Savior was by the seashore cooking up some fish dinners and fish sandwiches and called the disciples out of the water and restored Peter. They had breakfast with them. With him. Amen. Y'all remember the story. Peter didn't wait for the boat to get to the shore. He dove right in the water and swam when he heard, heard his, his master and his savior. To more than 500 uh, disciples, probably on, on a mountain in Galilee. That's what 1 Corinthians 15 and 6 and then Matthew 28 and 16 tell us. He was seen by James, we just read in 1 Corinthians 15 and 7. And then to the apostles in Acts chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. Let's look at that. In Acts 1, verse 3 through 11, he shows himself right before his ascension. The Bible says, to whom he also, this is Luke writing, he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of those things pertaining to the kingdom. See, for that 40 day window, he spent time with them and imparted the revelation of the kingdom of God to them. 
And verse 8, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized how? With water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they, they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own, hand, own authority, but you shall receive power. Somebody ought to shout about it. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all all Judea and in Samaria and to the end of the earth and then drop down to verse 11 who also said men of Galilee why do you stand gazing up into heaven this same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will soon come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven amen somebody Hallelujah. The next thing is the, the explosive growth of the church. We won't get into that. You've got the notes, praise God. You can see it for yourself. But the church spread the power of the testimony of Jesus being raised from the dead and that God had made him Lord and Christ. That is so significant. The conversion of the apostle Paul supports the truth of the resurrection. Go to Galatians chapter one. Galatians 1 and chapter and verse verse 11 Galatians 1 and verse 11 Paul says but I make known to you brethren that the gospel uh, which was preached to me is not according to man for I neither received it from man nor was I taught it but it came through revelation through the revelation of Jesus Christ for you have heard look at this of my former conduct this sounds like witnessing class that uh, Elder Cox taught amen the conduct in, Jeru in Ju Ju uh, Judaism how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it amen and I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation being more exceedingly jealous for the traditions of my fathers but when it pleased God somebody else say thank the Lord who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me not to me but in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. His resurrection turned Paul's life around. He was converted by it. And then lastly, lastly, is our own conversion. Say amen. amen. I, well, let me say my conversion and I'm believing your conversion. I'm believing that, 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 that your conversion and my conversion if we're truly born again, it's proof that Jesus was raised from the dead. Let's go to Romans chapter 6. Amen. Romans chapter 6. Praise the Lord. Let's look at verse 4. Amen. Romans 6. And look at what he says here. Hallelujah. Our own conversion. Amen. Romans 6. Look at verse 4. Therefore, amen. Well, let's look at verse 3. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ, we were baptized into his death. In other words, when he died, we died. Hallelujah. Amen. And that means everything that in us that shouldn't have been in us died too. That's important, praise the Lord, because later on Paul's going to say sin has no more dominion over us. Why? 
Because sin died when you died. When you die, you die when Christ died. And then he says in verse 4, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ, look at this, was raised from the dead. I need to, need to go back and read this again. That just as Christ, so just as Christ was raised from the dead, y'all see this? By the glory of the Father, even so we, we who? Those who died, who were baptized into Christ and were baptized into his death, amen, we also should walk in newness of life. That's resurrection life. That's, that's that. See, oh my God. Just like Paul had a testimony of his former life, but at a certain point in time, the Lord steps in and converts Paul by resurrection power, and Paul becomes a totally different man. The same thing happened for you and I. Amen. Now, I can't testify for you. You got to testify for yourself that there was a part of you, amen, that was before Christ. But when you met Jesus, that same power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead, he used to deliver you from sin, from shame, and from the wrath to come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Somebody ought to say, Lord, just keep on working. Keep on working. He says, even so, look at this, or as a result, amen, we should also walk in newness of life. See, the world is waiting to see individuals that have had a bona fide encounter experience with the Lord like this that has changed them forever. They may not get a chance to open their mouths, but the way they live and the way they love, glory be to God, ought to give evidence to the fact that Jesus is alive. He's alive because he lives in us. Amen. And so verse 5 says, for if we have been united. Now notice this is conditional. For if we have been united together. In the likeness of his death. Hallelujah. It would be sad if it stopped there. Thank you, Lord. But it didn't stop with death for him. And if we were in him and if it didn't stop for, I know you follow me. If it didn't stop for death with him and we were in him. That, so when he got up, glory be to God. If it didn't stop for death with him and we were in him. That means that it didn't stop with death for us because we were in him. So when he got up, we got up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Certainly. <laughs> we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Everybody see that? Hallelujah. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer, look at this, be slaves of sin, for he who has died has been free from sin. That's what, that's what death took care of. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. See, every time we proclaim that he's alive, we're really proclaiming that we are alive because we are alive in him. I wish you'd tell somebody you ought to show some signs that you got the life of God on the inside of you. If he's alive, we're alive. Amen. See, what? The Lord has done 
in our own lives has changed us forever. But here's the dilemma. It's the same dilemma that Thomas had. It's the dilemma of unbelief. The things of God are received by faith. I've got to appropriate this, this biblical fact and truth that not only did I die in Christ, I rose with Christ. And resurrection power is resurrecting me. Y'all follow what I'm talking about? Glory be to God. But by faith, I receive this. I need to look at one more scripture and then we're going to pray. Hallelujah. I didn't see it, but I believe it. I mean, that's your testimony. And see, this is the thing. You know, the, the things of the spirit of the spirit, they're spiritually discerned. You can't see them with your natural eyes. You can't, ex you can't experience them, you know, just with, like with your physical man. You have got to apprehend these things by the help of the Holy Ghost. He reveals this to us by the Spirit. I think one of the things that the Lord did by uh, uh, allowing this pandemic to happen during the resurrection, he took the resurrection back. Where men had commercialized it. Come on, where, where men have lost fervor about it. You don't hear no, you don't really see anybody rejoicing like he said. He told he had to tell those sisters when they found him on the road, rejoice. Instead of being afraid, instead of being catatonic, he tells them to rejoice. This ought to be a day of rejoicing. Because what was supposed to kill our Lord and Savior didn't kill him, but it catapulted him. Into what God had ordained for his life. And that same power, I'm trying to get this into your spirit. You didn't see it, but you got to believe it. Let me read this verse so we can get out of here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Look at, look at, look at Romans chapter 8. Amen. Mm. Thank you, God. I, I'm just going to read verse 13. Lord, it's too much there. I want to read a whole lot more than that. But look at, look at verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you by the spirit put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. See, all of the references of the spirit of God, this is the same spirit that God used to raise Jesus from the dead. Our inability to respond to spiritual stimuli, the Lord sent the Holy Ghost to regenerate us. To bring these dead men walking, walking dead back to life. So that we can respond to what it is that he has for us. And see, this, if, this is your, if this is your personal testimony, how many know you can never be the same? You don't praise him because somebody's trying to push you into praising him, especially on a weekend like this week when there is death all around us. He is the constant reminder that though you die, if you're in Christ, you're going to live again. Hallelujah. So let me close this simply by saying we also believe that he's coming back again. Amen. Go to that next slide. Next couple slides. Not only did he die, but we also believe, last slide, that he's coming back again. Yes. Yes. Amen. And I didn't see it then, 
But if I'm here on the planet, Adrian, when he come, he said, every eye going to see him. Hallelujah. He's coming back in clouds. But, but listen, when he comes back and every eye shall see him, will you be ready for him? That's the question. Will you be ready for him? My appeal to you today is Devin is playing. I'm done. I feel like I'm talking to believers anyway. We didn't have to see it like Thomas did, but we believe it. We didn't have to see the nails. We didn't have to see where they pissed him in his side. We didn't have to see any of those things, yet we believe it. We have a word from the Lord. We have the testimony of Jesus Christ himself. But not only that, in our own lives, we've been changed. We've been changed. Right where you are, I want you to just bow your heads. And I want you to think about the fact that you didn't see any of this. But the change that has taken place in your life is proof enough that the God that we serve, he's still alive. He spoke to some of you this morning, awakening you from your slumber. You could have slept on into eternity, but because Jesus is the risen Savior and the living Lord, hallelujah, we know today that we experience that resurrection power. So, Father in heaven, we thank you and we bless you. We thank you for sending us this word, Lord, that, that, that we don't need sense realm evidence to believe that our Savior, our Lord Jesus is alive. We take your word for it. But we also have this resurrection experience. And we pray, God, that we continue to know him in the power of his resurrection. That when we find ourselves in situations and circumstances, even if we find ourselves at the point of physical death, the cessation of life, we believe in a God that's still able to resurrect from the dead. Father, I pray right now that every believing believer that is listening and hearing the word of the Lord here today, God, that, that something will grab a, grab a hold of them. And by faith, just like the apostles, just like the disciples, just like Mary, just like the women, just like the 500 others, just like James, the brother of Jesus, just like all of them, we will have a similar testimony. We didn't see it, but we believe it. So, Lord, I pray if there's, if there's any person that's watching this, this uh, uh, Facebook Live today that does not know you, that has not received your son Jesus, and they want to be born again, they want to begin the process, well, I, I say to you today that you need to repent of your sins to God the Father. Ask him to show you whatever it is in your life that he doesn't like, that he doesn't approve of, that comes short of his glory. Then you need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust in him. Trust in his finished work. Trust in what he said. Give him your life and rely upon him. We're going to encourage you to let us know that this has been your, your spirit-led decision. So if you desire and you should, you can be baptized in water. But then we're praying also that you will be filled with the Holy Ghost, that you'll receive that same spirit that God used to raise Jesus from the dead, that you'll receive that spirit. And that you will be born again. The Bible says that we're not born 
uh, from flesh and blood, but we're born by the water and the spirit. So this is our prayer for you. In the name of Jesus. If that's you and you've received Christ today, I want you to post it right there on that Facebook. Type it right there. I, I'm repenting. I'm believing. I want to be baptized. I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do it today in Jesus' name. And Father, we pray for every person that heard has heard your word that the spirit of this word will carry us far beyond this week. Let there be a radical transformation in the lives of those who are watching this, who are present here on the scene. Don't let us be the same after this day. Where we are dead in our worship and dead in our praise and dead in our living, we pray that you would resurrect us. Let there be life. We ask you this in Jesus' name. And the church said together, amen, amen, amen. Come on, give God a clap offering, everybody.